You're listening to Sonic Perspectives, and today I'd like to welcome Jinx from Black Veil Brides to talk about their latest CD, The Phantom Tomorrow. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you how busy you guys are, so it really means a lot to me. Oh, hey man, I, I'm, I'm so sorry we had to reschedule. It's just no been, uh, it's been, it's been grueling. I gotta tell you this tour. I can imagine. You guys are going nonstop. It's crazy. Yeah. But I guess it's good too, right? You know, it's it's uh, it's well, good it's to be a busy. Good thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. It's not <laughs> a bad thing. But yeah, we are definitely tired. So these, these days off are sacred. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. And I, I just, I just want to tell you how much I love the new CD. Congratulations! I think it's awesome. Oh, hey, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. you know, I think with every CD, the band gets better sonically, and you get more thematic and more instrumentation, and the the lyrics are more theatrical. Uh, do you think the band has locked into this maybe as their signature sound moving forward? But, uh, you know, the, the answer to that is I, I don't know. And, I, you know, I, I don't think so because we're, we're always constantly growing and evolving. So, um, you know, the, this sound that we have on this album obviously is different than the sound we have on the last album. Yep. Uh, um, I do have to say that we have a team together that I, I do think that we're going to continue with in the future as far as I know. Uh, we feel like we, we've... You know, got it together as far as who we're working with. I mean, we're pretty much in house, and then we've added one ingredient that that we're really enjoying working with, which is Eric Ron, and he's just adding uh, an element to the band that I, I think was missing in the past. And and you know, we're, I, I feel like this is you know, I, uh, you know, we always say this, but I, I feel like this is definitely our best work yet. And I know that we're, I have a feeling we're definitely going to continue with him in the future. So. No, that's great. You know, I thought the same thing. I thought um, this CD was my one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And I thought it was the most cohesive musically and sonically with the perfect consistency of melody, tempo, and heaviness from song to song. Uh, is that kind of what you see when you talk about, you know, being one of your favorites? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, it, it's really hard to talk about your music, uh, in ter- you know, it, it, it's, it's good to hear it from an outside perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still like, you know, we're just in this bubble, you know, we're, we're always continuously in this bubble and uh, hearing the re- reaction from fans, like, what, to be honest, we've been sitting on this album for, for quite a while. Right. Um, you know, we, we finished the album, uh, goodness, uh, what, January of last year uh, of 2021, I mean, earlier this year. And we've even finished the part two of the record. So it's like we, we've been sitting on this. Originally, we were going to release it in June, and that got pushed back. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, COVID and, and production issues and all that stuff. So, um, you know, we were sitting on it for, for a very long time. Like, we, we began working on it in the beginning of 2020. So before the pandemic started, before we, you know, did the Mexico show. Um, and so it, it's been a long time you know, uh, working on this album. So it's, it's hard for me to say, like, uh, you know, the, the perspective or, um, I don't know, it's a long-winded answer to your, your no, question. But, <laughs> uh, it, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, I, I'm glad to hear the response. Um, like I say, I just, like, the, the two 
in my own opinion of, of the music and stuff like we've been sitting on it for so long I, you know like I, like I say I feel like it's the best work we've done so far um, but uh, yeah I don't know I still don't know what to think about it because I've been hearing these songs for, for the last and, and in fact like the other night um, you know I know me and Susie all of us were just like listening back and like oh my god yeah we, we haven't actually listened to the record in months because we, we've just been like right. you know sitting on it and, and you know rehearsing the old songs and getting ready for tour and stuff and then listening to the, to the album start to finish it's like oh yeah I'm actually really really proud of this one so no, I think it's great um, it's, it's funny you say that because I've been bugging Kevin since like June when it was originally supposed to come out so he's probably thrilled <laughs> I finally did sure. it. We're, I got it. I got right, it for Rob. He's going to leave me alone now for a little while. <laughs> you know, but, but the truth is, I, I work out with it every morning since Kevin sent it over to me. And it's consistently, you know, it keeps you going. There's no, like, peaks and valleys. It's consistently heavy, right. heavy throughout. And sonically, the tempo keeps going. And I, I, that's what I really like about the CD the most, the consistency Oops. from song to song. So kudos to you. Yeah. Thanks, man. You know, um, the songs, too, are very much riff-based, I thought. You know, more so than in the past, maybe. What constitutes a good riff for you? Uh, just telling a story. I mean, always. Uh, it, you know, any anything musically for me that tells a story, uh, you know, you're, that, that draws the listener in. But a, but a good riff, um, it's, it's got to have, like, you know, a, a format. So like, kind of like A, B, A, C or something like that, you know, where it's just like, okay, so... It's gonna it follow. It obviously, follows the chord progression, um, but you don't really think about that. It's just like, uh, yeah. So it's just like it, it takes you in. First of all, it's like kind of catchy at first, and then it's like, oh, it takes you somewhere else in the, in the B part, and then oh, back to the A part. That's familiar, and then oh, here's the C part that kind of leads you into the next part, you know. Mm-hmm. Or and, and then you can repeat that. It's just like a you know the ABA format with with any songwriting too. It's the familiarity, uh, the repetition, but you know, the, the changes and the dynamics. So, uh, you know, a good riff just kind of has to follow that same format. It's, you know, same that's been followed through the centuries with like, uh, you know, uh, uh, symphonic formula and all that, you know, it, you know, Mozart stuff is all the same kind of, uh, principle. So a good riff follows that same pattern. Um, and, uh, just in shorter terms. Yeah. I thought you guys did a tremendous job with that because a lot of it, well, not a lot of it, but I could, I could, from the past, I could actually play guitar to what you're doing. I'm, I'm not the best guitar player in the world, so since, but I could hear, I could hear the, the riff, and I could repeat the riff, which is awesome. And I kind of, uh, I, I'm able to keep up with you guys, so that's pretty good from that perspective. But I think of it, it's not too complicated too. It's yes, just like it, it tells a story, but it is also has a groove to it, and it's it's yes. simple enough that uh, you know any, any fan or anybody can pick up a guitar and just jam out to it you know what I mean exactly like, like listen to like Sabbath True or, or uh, you know just any any Metallica riff that has a groove to it from the Black Album you know it's just like oh or understand you know it's just like oh it's got it's, it's easy enough for anyone to just pick up a guitar and learn it within minutes so I think my favorite song my favorite song was uh, Born Again I thought that was a solid riff with great melody on top that was awesome that was my favorite track it's one of my favorite tracks as well yeah that's when I work. I start the workout with that one every morning, kind of doing the stretches. Nice. And then, nice. <laughs> and then I take off and, with the rest of it, you know? Yeah, that's one of those songs, too. Um, you know, Jake came in with that riff, that da 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 And we're just kind of like, honestly, we're just trying to think 
outside of our, our usual comfort zone because you know when me and Jake used to write we were just trying to outdo ourselves with complexities and right. you know like try, trying to just shred through yeah. everything just like you know, over time we we're just trying to like no let's just write a good song and what's going to make it a good song still heavy and, and with that song uh, it was just like oh it started off with like good vocal melody chug, 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 you know the chugs chug, 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 you know just doing the chord progression and then it goes into this riff where it's just like it's simple but it's still heavy and you know that, that's kind of where that came in and Jake just came in with that riff and it was just like yeah it's simple it's exactly. stupid simple but it, it's it's heavy and it's cool and yeah it became like you know, one of our favorites right off the bat. And Andy could sing over it, so it's it's perfect, you know, with just the, the melody on it. It's, it just floats, you know? Definitely. You know, um, you also have some pretty brutal guitar tones on this new album, um, particularly Crimson Skies. That's just like a buzzsaw to the head. What's uh, What were you using on that? Oh, man. Okay, so... If you can remember, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this is, this is more of a you know, question for Jake, because... He basically took everything home and retracked all the guitars with his signal chain that he has with, with his home studio. Uh, while I was doing all of, you know all the string stuff and all the all the production stuff in my studio, so you know we, we were kind of working out of three studios like we've just become accustomed to after the last few album cycles. Yeah. Um, but but uh, no, I I know we're, we're pretty much just using plugins at this point. And, and dialing in, in plugins. So, and what that means is, uh, you know, listeners who don't necessarily know what, what plugins mean, we're, we're not really like we're not going through physical amps, amp heads, or amps, or, or anything like that. We're, you know, in a studio, we're, we're just like basically going direct in. Uh, so, you know, DI, and then uh, using a plugin amp that uh, is basically just like, you know, how to explain? Like, like yeah, why, you know, we're using our, our Kemper amps and. And it's, it's basically just a copy of, of what we would use in the studio. Uh, it's basically the same principle and, you know, just where technology has gone with plugins and with Kemper amps and all that. And, and, uh, so that's kind of where, you know, what we've been doing. And it's just like, it's so much easier to control. It's dial it in and make it, you know, congruent with everything. Jake was doing a lot of, uh, uh quad tracking. So, uh, you know, we're usually we would do, uh, one guitar on each side for the rhythms, uh, then you double that. So it's quad tracking. So you have two guitars on each side. And it takes a lot of, um, uh, I mean, just, just, uh, really just, uh, dialed in playing, like, a um, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and trying to capture that performance where it's just like right in time and, uh, and, and you can't just like edit it, you know, it's just like it's got to be performed that way. So, it, it was a, a very time-consuming, I know, to, I to track all of that, um, especially for those big courses that mostly that was used. So, that's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. With technology increasing like that, that's incredible. I would have never thought that was all done through plugins, but that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you incorporate the violin playing into uh, many songs like Spectres and in the intro to Shadows uh, Rise. Is it fun to change the dynamic of a song from the brutal guitar to the smooth violin? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I got to focus on that a lot when we were working with Feldman uh, on Russia and Divine. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was a really important album, I think, for all of us uh, for many reasons. But for me personally to, you know, finally had somebody who's just like, oh, my God, I, I love what you're doing with the violin. I want to incorporate this with the whole album and we're doing this concept record. 
So it, it was kind of a no-brainer when we wanted to kind of revisit the idea of doing a concept record. To, uh, well, let's get some orchestral elements back in it. And, you know, with the, with the intro, the Phantom Tomorrow uh, intro to the album, mm-hmm. that was all, you know, uh, let me, let's talk about that first, you know, me. So when we first sat down to talk about what we wanted to do for the next record, this was back in January of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And a yeah, pre-pandemic. And we were just like, look, we are, we're on a new label. We're, we're, we've got a new bass player. We're, we're just like, we're a new band. You know, we're starting out fresh. Let's, let's do something fun. Let's do something we want to do. Let's do a new concept record. We have, you know, and, uh, and it, what's really funny is we started out with this kind of like Queen-esque intro. Mm-hmm. It was very like, uh, major happy sounding. Uh, and I was like playing the piano and then, all of a sudden, within like a few minutes, it turned really dark. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, it, like we, we can't do happy. I guess. I mean, we can. You know, yeah. there's you know moments here and there, but but it, like when it all comes down to it, it's like, no, we, we've got to tell a story. And how do we tell a story? Well, we're we're dark. You know, we come from a dark place, and then eventually we get uplifting with with you know our message and our lyrics and everything. But so uh, so then we were just like, oh man, we want to tell the story. And as soon as I started playing like a you know, uh, C minor chord on the piano, and then some strings behind that, and that turned into the Phantom Tomorrow intro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did this little Danny Elfman thing, uh, you know, as it builds up into Scarlet Cross, and and then Andy was just writing, uh, writing a whole story and drawing pictures, and it was just like, oh, I got this idea, <laughs> you know, and he ran with it, and that's how it started. That's how the whole album started, was just from that intro, you wow. know. Yeah, were, uh, you know, yeah, and I was just thinking like Batman, uh, you know, Danny Elfman's, uh, you know, Tim Burton's Batman, and you know, it's like, oh, you know, the arpeggio of violins, and at the end, you know, and <laughs> so it all started from that, and then, and then, you know, Jake came with the riff for, for Scarlet Cross, and then that that song developed, and and then we were like, okay, we're gonna go to Mexico and and tour and and uh, have this whole world tour planned, and then we're gonna come back and do an album. And we just had this one song, <laughs> and it was like pandemic. Like, okay, we're gonna do a whole album. <laughs> what, are, what are we gonna do? We got we got to shift gears. We're we're gonna be uh, tour's postponed a couple months. Oh, it's postponed six months. Oh, it's postponed a year. <laughs> so we just kept writing yes. and writing. And um, sorry, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent here, but no, uh, so. Totally. so long, long story short, with the strings, uh, and, and you want to talk about specters? That was old. Um, uh, that specifically was an idea that was uh, supposed to bridge the gap between Blackbird, the song Blackbird, right. and uh, Torfs, right? So the idea behind that uh, was, you know, it's like an interlude. And uh, Andy had this idea. It was like, oh, uh, it would be great. There's this old Gene Autry song. It's called Blackbird. It's like Blackbird, Blackbird singing. Yeah, yeah I remember like that from one. the yeah, yeah, from I know the that. 1920s. Yep. And um, so I obtained a uh, an old gramophone uh, player and, and an old record uh, that was that version of you know Gene Autry's Blackbird. Uh, I recorded it. I diluted it. I made it all warped and weird and stuff. And and uh, and then I kind of built that uh, structure based off of that. Uh, unfortunately, that version of Gene Autry's Blackbird didn't make it to the final cut because of, of licensing issues and whatnot. Uh, so we didn't get to use that on the album. But what it turned out was like a kind of hodgepodge of the chord progression from Torch with the Blackbird uh, melody over the top of it. And I just kind of made like a 
not an overture, but, you know, just basically I just played strings over the top of that. So, you know, kind of combine the two elements uh, from both songs and then, you know, just trying to bridge the gap. No, that's well. great. I, I really liked it. I, I was impressed by that. Do, you, um, do people come up to you and say that they're inspired to play the violin because of what you've done in, in the forefront of the band with that? Every, every day. Wow. Every day. Yeah. And it, it blows my mind and it, it is just, you know, in, incredibly uplifting. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, it, 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 it isn't just the violin, you know, people say, oh, you know, I, I picked up the guitar or I picked up the bass or I picked up any instrument. The fact that we're doing something that, that inspires anyone to pick up an instrument, you know, like mm -hmm. I grew up listening to Metallica and uh, well actually first before that was this Randy Rhodes uh, from Ozzy that yep. I was like I want to play guitar I want to be I'm going to be that you know and and I grew up in a family of musicians but it was like then I, I became really obsessed with with him and then with Metallica and I was like I want to do that <laughs> you know and then to be that for these this new generation uh, it, it's an incredible feeling to hear that every day yep. but yes to, to hear that they picked up a violin and I I hear from time to time too it's like oh I played violin in school and I quit but then I listened to your overture and I picked it up again and it's like I'm, I'm just so glad I can contribute towards something positive um, you know and encourage these these people to you know as I say kids but these people to, to pick up an instrument and do something positive with their lives and it's something that you know and, and they're, they're, they're probably going to be the next generation to you know, change lives as well. So no, exactly. That, that's what I was thinking. I was like, where are, you know, where are those kids gonna or people gonna take it from where you initiated it with them, and what's gonna happen five, ten years down the road, and they're gonna attribute you as a, you know, as an influence. It's gonna be pretty cool to see where it goes. You know, how they incorporate exactly. it. Oh, that's great. Um, does you know you talked a little bit about this early on, but tell me about like the dichotomy between the violin and the guitar tones in your songwriting. How much violin is in the other songs? I, I only heard it really prominently in a bunch of songs, but is it every song? Oh, oh, it's not necessarily prominent, but it, it is there. So when I would take home a session from, you know, so we, we would write everything together in the studio in North Hollywood with, with Eric Ron, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we collectively all wrote together, and then, you know, me and Jake would... Uh, separately go home to our studios and, and do, you know, you would do guitars and I would do strings and um, but there, there's really strings on pretty much all the songs oh, okay. and, and and so you know, when we say production on um, you know, the music there, there's a lot of things, a lot of elements that you might not necessarily hear, it's kind of buried in the mix, but it makes it, it you know, larger like yeah. if it wasn't there, you would notice it was missing, so um, if, if you were to just cut away everything except my strings, you would hear like a whole orchestra behind it, wow. uh, especially in the choruses, uh, sometimes in the verses, and it's just like it's really subtle because it's buried in the mix, but it's it's all there, you know. So um, yeah, no, I was doing like full orchestrated symphonic stuff for for most of the choruses. Uh, you know, Kill the Hero, Blackbird. I mean, basically every song on the album has some strings in it somewhere. Wow, I have to go. That's pretty insightful. I got to go back and listen to them now all over again and see if I can pick it all up. I heard it on a lot. I didn't hear it on all of them, but yeah, I'm going to go back right. and check it out. Um, you know, with CC having COVID a few weeks back, was there ever consideration about getting a drummer to fill in for those weeks while he was quarantined? 
No. Okay, well, so I, I shouldn't say there wasn't a consideration because, yeah, if, if it was going to be an issue where, oh, shit, we're going to miss more shows, we got to figure something out because, you know, there, there's a lot of money, uh, you know, that we're indebted to by missing. Yeah, it, you, know, pe- pe- uh, you know, a lot of people don't know um, that, you know, we don't make a lot of money doing this and when you have guarantees and you have uh, contracts and stuff it's really important that I mean if you, if you cancel a show it's it's a huge detriment on the business wow. um, so but uh, you know even doing the acoustic shows was just like man a real bummer for us you know even though it was different it was a new experience for the fans um, but we, we did three of them I was like dude can we just get CC back <laughs> and there, there, there was there was a you know a passing fancy thought and you know we, it was shut down immediately we we're just like oh okay we've, we've got three phenomenal drummers on the crew uh you know we, we have our um so first of all cc's tech is a great drummer uh we have our, our assistant jeff he's an amazing drummer and our photographer edwin is an amazing drummer so we're like three guys are like, yeah we can take up the slack we can learn the songs and we're like you know what no that there would be nothing right about that, you know? Mm-hmm. And as, as depressing as it is, CC in a, a hotel a hotel room in Lubbock, um, you know, with COVID, it just wouldn't be right, no. I we just it. can't do that, you know? And, and we're, we're a team, we're, we're a band, you know? It's just like, we, we couldn't do that to him, we couldn't do that to ourselves and, you know, the fans, it just was, wouldn't be right. So uh, we voted immediately against that, so. No, that's great. That's uh, good friends, good good relationships and good friends. I think it was the right thing to do. Did yeah. you, you know, I know you did a bunch of radio promos, um, tours, but it wasn't a full set. Did you, how long did it take the band to get up to speed in playing acoustically versus electrically? Because I have to imagine there's different things that translate between the acoustic and the electric guitar and different parts work and different parts don't work. Okay, so, uh, fortunately enough, we, we did do some acoustic shows, uh, you know, albeit uh, virtually mm-hmm. uh, right, right. earlier on in the year. Um, so we were already kind of accustomed to working out the songs acoustically in a way that, you know, would be cohesive to playing them live and on acoustic instruments. Uh, however, the challenging part was, well, are we just going to be up there clanking around on our acoustics with no backbeat, with no, no, uh, you know, percussion? Mm. So what I had to do when we first got wind of the CCI COVID, um, it's like shit. Okay, well, we need some percussion tracks to play to because you know what? What are we going to do? Just play to a click track and you know, or just be clanking around on stage in front of two thousand people? You know, right, right. our acoustics. And and so I had to uh, basically I was the only one with like really a working Pro Tools rig on the tour. I have this like this whole rig in my uh, my my bunk that I call uh, studio bunk and. You know, I've got Pro Tools running and you know, all these drives and, and stuff. And I, I basically took every song that we decided, like, okay, we're going to do this as an acoustic song. We built a whole set. It was like we, we have to do an hour and 50 minutes to, you know, fill our obligation with the contracts and everything. Right, right. So uh, I had to build a uh, percussion track based on what I remember CC playing in these, these acoustic shows that we did for the radios and the stations and, you know, the, the virtual shows that we did acoustically. So... Um, that was really difficult. I yes. gotta say, I, I, I was—I basically didn't sleep for a whole weekend building those percussion tracks. Holy and uh, but yeah, it worked out. You know, we did one rehearsal. Um, I can't remember where it was before the Denver show, and yeah, just outside Denver, we rented out a, a auditorium, 
Yeah, there was like a couple songs where it's like I was off a little bit on, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I messed up here, left out a measure, had to fix it, you know, and then next day in Denver, we're playing this huge show in front of a couple thousand people, you know, like, oh, it works out, you know. <laughs> playing to these these recorded uh, cheesy percussion tracks that I built, you know, on Pro Tools, and but it, it worked out, you know. But uh, after three shows, we were, we were done with that. But that's basically the, the process that went into that. Um, and then we, of course, we had to rehearse it, you know. Yeah, uh, a few times. So that's an awesome story. You, you think you'll ever look back and go, "Those were cool shows. They were one off. They were unique, and they were so special. They'll they'll never be repeated again." You ever look back on that and go, or, or you kind of? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Well, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, and for me personally, uh, especially that first Denver show, I I thought when or I, I learned that my my grandfather passed away that oh, morning from COVID, and and uh, yeah, no, and it was just like. Oh my God! So yeah, we we got into Denver, and then that that morning at seven a.m., my my dad texted me. He's like, "Hey, I got some bad news. Your grandfather passed away this morning." And like, what? Yeah. And you know, and not only we're we dealing with this, you know, like losing our drummer for a few days and or a week, or we didn't know how long at that point. And you know, I spent the whole weekend just not sleeping and, and building these acoustic tracks, and it's like my my grandfather passed away, and. Um, it, it was really rough, and you know. But I look back on that show, uh, you know, and I, I got to dedicate "Savior" to him, which is a song that I, you know, I wrote musically for a friend of mine that, that committed suicide. Oh, um, so, and, and 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 you know, the whole idea of dedicating that song to him is that he knew that song. He loved when I played violin in the band, and that was his favorite part about what I was doing. And I, I knew that. He would have been, you know, wherever he is, if, if there's a heaven or whatever, and he's looking down, he would have been really happy that I was playing violin. And there's something special about that show that, you know, I knew he would have been smiling down on that. So that, that's what I look back on, you know, and I, you know, so I, I think it was really special in that respect for me personally. That's awesome. I'm sorry to hear about your friend. I'm sorry to hear about your grandfather. Sad. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, my last question for you is the logo on the new album. Uh, the veil looks like the old Motley Crue logo. Uh, was that a coincidence or was that intentional? Wait, on on the veil? Yeah, on the word veil. It looks like the old, the original Motley Crue on Too Fast for Love. Uh, dude, I, I didn't even make that connection, so this is catching me off guard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Are you talking about? Uh, well, not on veil, but on, on our new record. Yeah, on the new record, on the word veil. Okay. It looks. Uh, right. Oh, oh, okay. I got. I got you. I, you know, and actually, I'm just now making that connection. So this is brand new to me. Um, I, I think that is completely, entirely a coincidence because we are not in any way trying to mimic or copy Molly Crew by any means. So yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at this point in our career, so it, yeah, but by all means, coincidence. I was I wasn't thinking copying. I was thinking more like homage. You know, like I I, I knew, sure. I've spoken sure. to you in the past that you love the band, so I was just wondering was that a tie? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if it makes people happy, then sure. Yeah, it's an homage. If, uh, otherwise, if it pisses people off, then well, you know, if it pisses people off, then sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna pissing people off and making people happy so That's whatever good. works you know yep. well listen I, I thank you so much for your time it was a really really fascinating interview and really insightful and I always appreciate talking with you so thank you so much for talking to us today uh, always great talking to you Robert yes keep I in guess. touch Sorry, right? we, we, yeah for sure sorry we had to postpone this so long nope don't worry don't really worry. appreciate it I get it and, and stay safe out there okay alright we'll do buddy 
All right. Hey, take care. You stay safe yourself. I will. Bye-bye. For all of our listeners, a reminder that Black Veil Brides has a new studio record, The Phantom Tomorrow, that is currently released and available. Also remember this interview is available on several platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course on our website and social media sites. To close up, here's the newest song from their album, This is Torch. I say